Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to be on the podcast today, and I'm really grateful to get an opportunity to share different details about my book and also give you actionable strategies on different phases for your career advancement as well. So before I get into the book, I wanted to give you some background about what I do and who I am. So my name is Rasul Bramayer. I'm an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach. So I help people, specifically in the tech industry, to land a dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. I also speak at various conferences, sharing my knowledge on various topics, including testing, development, AI, leadership, motivation, and companies hire me at their private events to speak on these topics as well. And finally, I love sharing my knowledge and thoughts and ideas on different topics. So that's why I write for various companies and publications on a regular basis. To get more details about me and my work, Check out my website at rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. So with that being said, let's get into my book, and I'm going to give you actionable steps and talk about some of the chapters and what I cover as well. At the end of this podcast, you are going to learn different things you can implement in your career right now. So let's just get into it. So let me ask you this. How would you feel if you wake up every day, every morning to a job you love? You do something meaningful that stimulates you and you feel like the leader you want to be. This is not a dream, people. This can be a reality, and that's what this book is about. So currently, if you see, people feel anxious about their job security. They feel stuck in their career. They, there have already been millions of jobs which have been lost, and people are looking for jobs. And finally, there are a section of people who want to grow in their career, but they're afraid to do so because of the fear of the unknowns. And I was in the exact same situation in 2008, where in the midst of a recession, I still remember this vividly because this was August 31st, 2008. I stepped foot in the United States. And then September 7th, 2008, Lehman Brothers fell. And for those of you who don't know what the company is, they don't exist anymore, but they were one of the largest banking financial institutions in the world. And they became bankrupt overnight and the recession started in 2008. And that's when I came to the U.S. And starting of 2009 till end of 2009, I applied for 1,293 jobs, 1,293 jobs. And guess how many callbacks I got from this 1,293 jobs? The answer is four, four callbacks. Guess how many I converted from these four callbacks? The answer is one. Out of 1,293 jobs I applied for, I got one job and that it was not a full-time job, it was an internship. 
but that experience I learned and gained from that whole uh, situation and the things I've learned in the past 15 years has transformed my life from a shy introverted person earning a minimum level salary to an international keynote speaker, writer, and tech career coach who's running a six-figure business right now. And that's what this book is going to show you, the different strategies to help you transform your career, no matter where you are in your life trajectory or career trajectory, right? So in this book, I share my experiences transforming adversities and opportunities, how I did that. I share different actionable strategies with worksheets and exercises to transform your life in three ways. One is it, it's gonna help you find your dream job. Second one is it's gonna help you be successful in your job which you already have. And finally, I'm gonna share different secrets which I've used in my personal life to set you miles apart from your competition. Because to give you some background, in my last six jobs, I was voted as a star performer. And I've, inc I've increased my salary by 150%. I'm not even exaggerating. And I am an average guy. That's the interesting thing here. And if I can do it, so can you. So that's what the book is going to show you, how you can do that as well. And the different tips, tricks, and tools, which I'm sharing in this book, is going to help you launch into any opportunity you want and face it with courage and confidence. So... Those are the things you're going to see in this book. The next question people have is, okay, Raj, you have this career book that's well and good, but what makes it different from other self-help books and other career advancement books? So when I started reading books, right, I, I read a lot of books, uh, like Mike as well, uh, and I saw that all these self-help books either talk about experiences or they talk about strategies but they don't talk about how the strategies weave into these experiences and i wanted to fill this gap and that's what i'm doing with this book where i'm going to share with you different things you can do to unravel the strength and the insight which is inside you and bring it to life and it's going to show you that the power to make a positive transformation is already within you and that's how this book is different because I am trying to weave in the strategies and the experiences together. The next final question before I get into the strategies of the book is, who should buy this book? Who is it going to benefit? So if you are at the forking point of your career and need some guidance, if you're lacking motivation, um, you have high self-doubt, you're going through high self-doubt, low self-esteem, and you're looking for help. If you want to transition into leadership roles, or if you feel that you're stuck in your career and your work is getting unnoticed, and finally, finally, if you're looking for strategies to set you miles apart from your competition, then this is the book for you. This is what you're going to get from the book. 
actual strategies which you can implement in your real life as well. So that's kind of some context uh, about the book because before I share strategies, I wanted to give you an idea about the book, right? And as and when you have questions, note it down because uh, don't worry, I'm not going to talk for an hour, although I can, as Mike already knows, but uh, this is going to be only probably 25, 30 minutes, but then I'm going to have a lot of time for questions as well. But I'm just going strategically so that you understand why I wrote the book. So that that's about the context of, about the book. Second one is, why now? And how do you write your book? So that is another thing people always ask me. So... Just like Mike, for me, 2020 was going to be this year, my year. My business was doing great. I had five keynotes, 16 conference talks. I had interviews with radio stations. And I was going to motivate and inspire people on big stages. This was going to be my year. But then COVID happened <laughs> and everything went out out of the picture, right? And I was thinking, okay, now my life has changed. And of course, for the first two weeks, I was really depressed and irritated because I put in so much effort to do everything. But then I was thinking, okay, so how can I make an impact? How can I make a difference? Because in my tech career coaching, I coach VP, CTO, CEOs, people who are transitioning from the mid to the senior level, people who are lead, who want to get into managers. Those are my kind of clients. And I've shared so many strategies which have been helping them out. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can see the testimonials they've had working with me on my website as well. But I've been impacting them, right? And I thought, you know what? Currently, the millions of jobs which have been lost and people are looking for help and I was already helping people for free on LinkedIn. They used to approach me and used to give, give them 30 minutes, one hour breakthrough sessions and different strategies to help them. And then I thought, you know what? I have to share this on a big stage. And one of the stages was writing a book. So in April, I decided to write this book. And then I joined a group of entrepreneurs who are writing their own books as well so that they can help make me accountable and every day I wrote 1,500 to 2,000 words from 9 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. every day in midst of COVID, in midst of taking care of my now one-year-old son full-time and him being with me at home. So in spite of all that, I made it a point to write it. And within 30 days, I finished majority of my writing of the book. And then... I had to do research, fine-tune it, put worksheets, build my website, and do all this stuff. It just taken a lot of time, right? But that's the story about how I wrote the book and why I wrote the book, because I wanted to help people uh, in their career. And that's kind of the story behind the book. Okay, so enough of all this introduction and stuff. So let's get into the meat of this book talk where I'm going to give you different strategies to help you grow in different buckets of your career. So the first thing is I wanted to go over the different chapters of the book and then I'm going to share two or three strategies from each section of the book because there's not enough time for me to cover the entire book. So I'm going to give you two, three strategies which are going to be really action actionable and you can implement in your life right now. 
So first, I start with how to find your dream job. What are the different strategies to find your dream job? And as part of that, I talk about how we approach job search. And then I talk about how to ace interviews, how to do salary negotiation, which I'll be covering in a bit, in a, in a minute. And then we talk about, okay, now you got a job, how do you be successful in it? Because getting a job is one thing, but then being successful is another thing. So I walk you through different strategies to make you successful at work. Then we talk about how to be a rock star at work, which is, okay, you got a job, you got decent performance reviews, but you need to set yourself miles apart from your competition because you have bigger fish to fry. You are here to strive for greatness. You're here for doing bigger things. And how are you going to do that? How are you going to be a rock star? And those are some strategies which I share in that section of the book of how to be a rock star. And finally, I share strategies for exponential growth, which is how to build your personal brand, how to do morning routines, how to prioritize your tasks, how to perform at the highest possible level, like all the leaders you see, you read in media, how how meditation can help you out, how to um, do deep work, how to do focusing and defocusing. So I cover so many different strategies, which pretty much ends my book, so that it gives you from start to finish of everything related to your career, right? So let's talk about the first section of the book. It's about finding your dream job, okay? So currently, people are really anxious. They're panicking, saying, oh my God, there have been layoffs in my company. Am I going to be the next one? Or you've already lost your job and you're anxious because you have to support your family and you don't know what to do. So when I, in 2008, applied for 1,293 jobs, to be frank with you, for the first 500 jobs, I had no clue of what I was doing. I was randomly applying for jobs because I was scared. I was living in fear. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have a focus on what job I want. Just any job which comes into my mind, which I see, I started applying randomly. And it was not helpful at all because I didn't have a strategy or goal in place on why I'm applying for jobs and what kind of jobs I want to apply for. Because this is the thing. Say you're using Google Maps. You cannot not put an address and complain that Google Maps is not working. You need to know where you're going, what the destination is. And our life, our career is the same way. You need to know what kind of jobs is applicable to you, what are your strengths, and then start applying for jobs. So that's what I cover in this chapter, the finding your dream job. And some strategies, which I'm going to, I cover a lot of strategies, but I'm going to share like three or four strategies from this chapter, which you can implement right now. So if you are someone who's looking to find your new job, next job, or want to be, want to know what your strengths are, you have to first start with what is called a mind dump exercise. So the mind dump exercise is really simple, but a powerful strategy to help you unravel what's there in your mind and bring it on paper so that you can make do a, take actionable steps to figure out your strengths and what kind of jobs are applicable to you. So this is how it works. Take a piece of, piece of paper and pen, okay? Put a line right in the middle of the page. On the left column, 
you're going to write down all the things you love to do. On the right column, you're going to write all the things you hate to do. What that's going to do for you is when you start identifying all these things and writing down things like, I like communication, I like teamwork, I hate micromanagement, I hate programming, or I love remote working, I love presenting, I hate, uh, I hate uh, meetings. So whatever it is, you take 30 minutes of uninterrupted time, no Slack, no messages, lock yourself in a room and write this down. And then what's gonna happen is you're gonna identify different patterns in terms of what are your strengths, what are your interests? So say for example, you do not like to be micromanaged, you love programming and, and you don't like meetings, you love technology, you like creativity, right? If those are some things which you've identified as your strengths, then maybe being a developer at a startup company is something which is gonna fit you because those are the personas which a developer job would match to, right? So those are the things I'm talking about. As and when you write these things, you can find patterns in terms of what strengths and then take, stores, take those strengths and fit it into what kind of job applies to those strengths. Because a lot of people I talk to, they say, I wanna be an automation engineer. I wanna build utilities. Then I asked them one question, do you like programming? They said, no. Then I said, why the hell are you doing that <laughs> in the first place? So this helps this simple exercise, the mind dump exercise. Again, I'm gonna share all these links. You can download the templates as well to do this exercise. By doing this, you're gonna identify the strengths and based on the strengths, you can apply for different jobs. And that is the first step you need to do right now if you are figuring out your career or if you're looking for jobs. So first is the mind dump exercise. The second one is LinkedIn strategies. So LinkedIn is the most overrated, I mean, sorry, the most underrated, but the most uh, influential and impactful social media channel for IT professionals like us. Our dream job is waiting there right, in link, right on LinkedIn. And how we are gonna get the dream job from LinkedIn? It starts with first, you need to have a LinkedIn profile. So if you don't have an account, take a paper and pen right now and write it down that you need to have a LinkedIn account because it's so important. But if you already have a LinkedIn account, there are so many different things you need to do to make your profile stand out from other people who are in the same position as you. Some of the things you could do right now is, first, have a tagline, which immediately tells what you are, what you do. So for example, my tagline is, I help people in tech industry find their dream jobs and become successful leaders. Boom, people already know, okay, what I bring to the table. So if you are a UI developer or UX developer, you could say UX developer working with React.js applications. Bam, people know, okay, what do you bring to the table? So the tagline is really, really important on LinkedIn because it tells you what that person does. And research suggests that people spend only less than a minute skimming through a LinkedIn profile. If it doesn't pop, then they go to the next person, next candidate. So that's why you need to make your LinkedIn profile stand out. The next thing is the about section. It's so surprising that a lot of people haven't updated their about section, the section which talks about you. And it is so, so important because that's the elevator pitch. You can tell people about what you, uh, what you do, what do you bring to the table, and what are your skills and strengths. 
you need to cover these three things in your about page because it tells in within two paragraphs what you do, why someone needs to hire you or why you need a promotion compared to another person, the about section. Then you have the experiences page. Man, I cannot stress how important this experiences page is, but a lot, a lot of people do not pay attention to it. So in the experiences page, the section, you talk about different companies you work for, it says start date, end date. Then people just leave it as it is, just with that information. But you need to go one step further and talk about what you did in those companies. And then you have to use keywords when you put descriptions of what you did in the company, like keywords like managing, leading, scrum, XP, uh, exploratory testing, automation, React.js. You need to put those keywords. The reason is whatever you put on LinkedIn is indexed by Google and is SEO information. So when a recruiter or the AI recruiting softwares people use, they scan through your LinkedIn profile for these keywords. And if you want to be in the top 10 search results, you need to make sure you put these keywords and make Google index it for a couple of months so that you start figure, uh, you start getting displayed in the first 10, 15 results of Google. And that's why it is so, so important to put actual work description of what you did in those experiences section, okay? And then you have other sections like recommendations. You need to do that. Then there's a skills and endorsement section. LinkedIn allows you to add 50, 5050. I think it should be like this, right? 5050 skills and endorsements. And then you get out of that, you can mark top three uh, skill sets and ask people to endorse you for that as well. The more endorsements, the more you show up on the search results as well. And Finally, you have other sections as well, like volunteering experiences, publications, um, and uh, then groups you follow. Make sure you update all these things. Your licenses, like certifications, like Coursera course, any certificates you have, you can add it on LinkedIn as well. That's how you make your LinkedIn profile stand out. And of course, in the book, I go through more strategies on how you could do cold messaging, how you could do direct messaging, how you could use mutual connections to your advantage and then find jobs which are not even advertised to the public, but you could connect with anyone you want in any company, in your dream company, and still get on a call with them. So I cover all the strategies related to LinkedIn. So we talked about Mindum, we talked about LinkedIn, and then another thing we could talk about is strategizing your job application process. So when I applied for that many jobs, one, two, nine, three jobs, 1,293 jobs, I didn't have a plan for the first 500 jobs. And what happened was a recruiter would just call me and they would say, hey Raj, uh, we are calling from company X regarding job posting Y. I had no clue what job he's talking about. So a lot of times they were talking about the wrong job <laughs> to the company. And needless to say, I didn't go further in the interview process. And a lot of people are in the same situation where you get calls randomly and you don't know what job they're talking about. So what are you going to do is strategize your job application process. Have an Excel sheet where one column you're going to have the company name, second column the job link where the post is advertised, the job post is that posting is advertised, then the name of the job and then comments, feedback, contact details, follow up. You have to follow up after five days if you haven't heard from them because that's what sets you apart from other people because not a lot of people follow up 
once they apply for jobs. So you add that column as well. And again, these Excel sheets and stuff, I've already done it. I'll put those links at the end, but you could strategize your job application process and take control over the entire job search uh, uh, activity and process as well. So strategizing your job application process is the next thing. Finally, investing in yourself. You need to invest in yourself. So let me tell you a story to stress on this point. So in 2011, I spent $3,000 of my own money to go to a software testing conference. And people thought, thought I was crazy because as you know, no one puts in their own freaking money to go to a software testing conference. Either the company pays for you or you go there as a speaker, which means that the registration fee is waived. So it's a lot cheaper for you. But I decided to spend $3,000 on my own money to go to a conference. That's because my company had ran out of budget for conferences and no one was willing to sponsor me. I said, you know what? Screw this shit. I'm just going to pay my money and then go there. And there I started seeing people speak. I attended a lot of sessions. And one of my biggest fears in life was public speaking. For those of you who don't know about me, I was a really shy introverted kid. I had anxiety, fear of rejection. I had depression. I was really, even talking to a girl would feel as I'm gonna get a nervous breakdown. And I had a trigger event which happened in my second year of my undergrad, which triggered this whole transformation process which has taken over 15 to 20 years. But one of my biggest fears was public speaking. I couldn't speak like this. So I thought, what better way to get rid of my fear of public speaking than actually speaking at a conference? So immediately after the conference, I uh, took a lot of notes. I had networked with a lot of speakers about how to write a proposal, how they talk, how they prepare. And then in this, this was in 2011. In 2012, I started speaking in smaller meetups. And then in 2013, after seven months, and 23 trial runs for my first conference talk, I gave my first presentation. And what mine was voted as one of the best talks at the conference, and that pretty much set the stage for my speaking career. And since then, I've spoken at over 100 plus conferences, and I can speak for hours without even preparing. And this all would not have happened if I didn't decide to invest in myself. The $3,000 I spent in 2011, that's what transformed my life. So why I shared the story was never be scared to invest in yourself. Something you have to spend money, but then the ROI is crazy. It's exponential growth. So currently, if you are stuck in your career and feel uh, all these conferences and stuff are close or you don't get, have the same experience which you would get in non-COVID times, what you could do is take online courses. Coursera, Udemy, Can Academy, Code Academy, which is one of my favorite programming uh, learning platforms, which I used regularly to brush up on my JavaScript skills because I keep forgetting shit. But now they have a lot of courses free. So start taking those courses. Use this time to invest in yourself. Add those licenses and certificates on LinkedIn. Use those in your interview, in your job, because it's all about building your personal brand, which I'll talk about in, in the upcoming sections, but you need to be willing to invest in yourself, okay?
but I'm going to stop there for the finding your dream job section. I talk about more strategies, but I wanted to get through some other actionable strategies for different phases of your career as well. Okay. So we covered the finding a dream job section. The next one is kind of related to this is how do you do, how do you ace interviews and how do you do salary negotiation? That is a really big thing people actually talk about and have problems with. So let me give you some actionable tips in both these, uh, both these topics. First, let's talk about interviews. So interviews are the most dreaded process for a lot of people because uh, literally for one to four hours, some random dude or woman, they can question you about whatever and then you just have to keep answering them and it feels really intimidating. And I agree because I, for example, in my final year of my undergrad, I attended 23 interviews and didn't get, and went to the final rounds of all 23 interviews, but didn't get through. That's because I was a nervous wreck when it came to the final rounds of interview. That's because, again, I didn't know these strategies, which I had learned only after 15 years from that time frame where I applied, where I, uh, after my final year in undergrad, after that, over the past 15 years, I've learned so many different strategies by interviewing hundreds of people and also attending a lot of interviews as well, right? So based on that, I'm gonna share these three tips which are gonna help you immediately right now. First thing, research the company. So say for example, you're applying for a job at Google. Before you go to an interview at Google, see what is the latest product they came out with. So for example, what last week they had their, uh, you, the normal yearly uh, product launches and software launches where they launch different new products, new versions of it. Take notes of what they launch and use that as a talking point in your interviews because this is the thing. Your interview safe is for 60 minutes. You could use these icebreaker conversation conversations and already consume 10 minutes of the 60 minute time, right? And that's all strategies. The more time you consume about things you know, the better you're gonna perform in interviews because you're talking about stuff you know really confidently. So research the companies, first thing. The second thing is research the interviewers. So about 80 to 90% of the companies will give you a schedule on who we are going to meet during the day for interviews. What you need to do is, I'm going to tell you a secret. Take a paper and pen and note it down right now. Literally take the name from that schedule and plug it on LinkedIn in the search bar and then you're going to get their whole LinkedIn profile. And then in the LinkedIn profile, see what they're working on, what their interests are, what type of posts they've been posting, how they're commenting, and that can give you a lot of icebreaker conversations you can have. So for example, if a person, so I'm going for a VP of engineering, say I'm going for a VP of engineering interview, and one of the interviewers who's the CEO uh, graduated from Ohio State University. This I'll know from his profile, and immediately I can start a conversation regarding the Ohio football team. Go Buckeyes, right? And if I start a conversation about Ohio football team, which is the rank one football team in the US, he's going to talk about it for four or five minutes. And 
you already consumed 5 to 10 minutes of the 60 minute interview you see where i'm going with this this is our strategies people and i do more write about more strategies to ace interviews in the book as well so research companies research interviewers another thing you could do is a 90 day plan not a lot of people do this for example for people who are listening here how many of you have done a 90 day plan for an interview the answer would be probably one maybe two of the people who are listening here that's because no one does it and if you do a 90 day plan you're already setting yourself miles apart from the competition setting yourself miles apart from the people who are applying for the same job who are interviewing for the same job as well so this is how it works a 90 day plan is just basically in the first 90 days you come up with an idea of how you're going to contribute to the company in terms of what are you going to research what are you going to learn how are you going to inspire people what are the different changes you can make so you based on the research you've done on the company based on the things you know you come up with a 90 day plan and i do it in form of mind maps because it gives you a clear picture so when i go for interviews yeah right now everything is on zoom so you probably have to email it to them or send it via the zoom chat but say it was normal circumstances what i used to do is i used to take printouts of this 90 day plan and before the interview starts i used to give them the 90 day plan saying hey by the way before we start the interview here is a 90 day plan of what i could do for your company to help you grow and uh, make an impact and then these interviewers would have already had a lot of things which they wanted to ask you but now i totally derail their interview plan by giving a 90 day plan and i know each and everything in the 90 day plan because i wrote it then they would say huh this interesting you said inspire this product you know about our product yes i know about the product because i did research right so then i talk about their product i talk about the 90 day plan and then already consume 10 to 15 minutes of the 60 minute interview you see where i'm going with this literally have used these strategies in the past 6 years every freaking interview event i used to get the job that is because these are all strategies which works and i've helped at least 52 people using these strategies to find jobs as well anyways so those are some impactful things you could do right now in terms of uh how to ace interviews and i cover much more in my book then let's go for salary negotiation because i have 20 minutes and i want to get through other strategies as well salary negotiation process is very stressful for people including me as well and no one can deny that but the problem is most of the people approach salary negotiation process with a wrong mindset they think that you have to win for the other person you other person has to lose for you have to win that's what they think that is totally far from the truth salary negotiation process is a win-win situation where from your side you are trying to explain why you are worth certain amount of money what is your experience why you deserve that money and how you're going to make an impact if you're paid that money that is what you say from your side and you've already done the research in terms of how you arrive at all those numbers or those ranges which I'll talk about in a second on the other end you have this employer who has already done research on you who already knows what's the highest they're willing to pay and they're just trying to figure out where you are at so that they can see how they can how they can match your expectations it's a win-win situation that's why it's called salary negotiation it's not conflict <laughs> it's not argument 
It's called negotiation for a reason because it's going to be a win-win situation. So you need to change your mindset into that to be successful in salary negotiation process. And then a couple of things you can quickly do to help in the salary negotiation process is one, never, ever, ever, ever reveal your current salary. That's the number one mistake people do because you're going to be asked this question. How much salary do you expect for this job? A lot of people immediately would say 130K. And that's it. You immediately lowballed yourself and that's an, and you committed a blunder because these are the things you need to think about. One, what if the company was ready to offer you 150K? What if you were already being paid lower in your current job? What if that is not the salary which you deserve or your worth based on your experience. So you've already shot yourself from an opportunity for getting higher pay. And from there, that point onwards, it's really hard to negotiate salary once you tell them a number. So what you're going to do instead is tell ranges. You would say, I expect about 130 to 160K. And how you're going to arrive at ranges? There are a lot of tools like Payscale, CNNMoney.com, where you can find ranges for your job. And then what you're going to do is add 15, 15% on top of what you ideally want and say that is your salary. Because this, this is the truth. In a lot of states, people cannot directly ask you what is your salary because it's against law. Second thing is, in spite of that, if they ask you, they, do not, they cannot verify what salary you're getting unless they go through the grapevine channels, but they never do that. They are just trying to figure out how much you need so that they can decide whether to continue or not. So always tell your salary in ranges. And remember, you can also negotiate on a lot of things apart from salary, like your job title. And then uh, if remote work wasn't a normal thing in your company, you can make them add remote work as a normal thing in your job offer saying for three days, you're going to be working remotely, no matter what the situation is. I made people add this to the job offer in my previous companies where I could work remotely for three, uh, three days a week. I also negotiated on vacation days. So remember, you can negotiate on a lot of other things. But anywho, so those are all the things you do for helping get the job you want. Now let's move on to the second section, how to be successful at your job. Because once you get a job, you also have to prove to people that you're good at it and people can give you more opportunities to grow. And the way you're going to do that is you have to show credibility or I should say build credibility and show you can do the shit you were hired to do in the first place. So here are some strategies you can do to be successful at work. So the first thing is you have to make your results visible. This is especially true if you work for really large companies like say Google or Microsoft. There's so many people like you in the same position doing a lot of great work. But the one thing which stands out from the person who gets the promotion or gets the salary raises compared to other people is this person makes his results visible. So what do I mean by that? So whenever you're in daily stand-up meetings or in team meetings, make sure you let people know what you did and how you made an impact. You could say in daily stand-up saying, there was this major issue, remember the major issue we were having? Yeah, yesterday I just fixed it by doing this. So now, uh, 
our servers wouldn't be down for two hours preventing testing. Bam, you made an impact right there. And now the team notes it down. And you constantly keep reminding people what you're doing in terms of the work. And then it starts sticking in their head that, okay, this guy is a credible guy. The second thing you do is what is not documented does not exist. That is the truth of life. So if someone appreciates you for good work, ask them to email you saying, hey, could uh, could you just email me uh, how I've helped you because this will be really helpful for me. Uh, Encourage me to do things and really helpful, right? But if you don't have the rapport with the person to email you, just reply in an email saying, hey, thanks for the feedback you gave on Slack regarding me helping out with doing these things, I appreciate it. And then they will reply saying, you did a great job. And there you have a documentation and you can use that for your performance reviews. And finally, in your one-on-one meetings with your manager, have an agenda of what different things you have accomplished and talk about that every one-on-one. You have to remind your manager what you're doing because the managers are really, really uh, stressed, first thing. Second thing is they're managing a lot of resources. So for example, Two companies ago, I was managing a team of 50 people. It was really hard for me, unless a person told me what he or she did, to make sure I gathered all the wins of my team. It was really hard for me to track that. So I suggested people to come with a prepared agenda and tell me what they've achieved, what they're struggling with, and how I could help them out. So, and it's like a just piece of text document or on notepad, you just note it down. And every agenda, every one-on-one, you go through this agenda. And then at the end of the year, when you have your performance reviews, go through all these agenda items and you already know what your wins are and your manager knows what your wins are. And then when you ask for performance raises, it's a lot easier than not making your result visible. Maybe one more thing I could cover is be a giver. So in this amazing book called Give and Take by Adam Grant. He talks about how people who give more are the most successful people who are, who are the most successful people compared to other people who just keep taking from other people. So when you join a company, make sure you start helping out people because when you voluntarily help out people, what's going to happen is when you are in trouble, when you need help, they will automatically come and help you out. And that's how you build the community. That's how you nurture that relationship. And that's how you grow in your career as well. So be a giver. The next one is how to be a rock star at work. Okay, now you're successful. You're performing well. But now, but you also have to set yourself miles apart from the competition. If you want to grow in your career, if you want to get the promotions, if you want to get the salary raises, which no one gets, if you want to get those bonuses, you need to show you are different. So how are you going to do that? There's so many different strategies to uh, be a rock star at work. One is growing your network. So you need to keep interacting and networking with people, not only at work, but even outside work. Keep networking, grow your network, because that's when you start uh, seeing other people's experiences, and then you can use that in your current workplace, and you also get new opportunities, which you not have even thought about, 
which could help you grow in your career, get your next job as well. So you need to grow your network. Use the online conferences, use your communication skills, use blogs, Twitter, social media channels to interact with people and then find opportunities. You have to grow your network. Second one is you need to build your personal brand. So let's take, for example, uh, your favorite body wash. So say you're buying the same body wash for like eight years. There's a reason for it. Maybe you like the color of the body wash, you like the fragrance, you like the cost, you like the packaging, you like how it's natural, you like the ingredients, you like the cap, you like the uh, holdability, you like the, I don't know, other packaging information, right? So just in this example, you can see for one body wash, there are multiple traits which makes you trust that brand. Our life is the same way. You need to build your personal brand. And the way you're going to do that is not only that you're good on automation, but you should have good communication. You should do volunteering work. You, can, you should write articles. You should be at conferences. Those are all the things which are going to help you build your personal brand. And then I go into each one of these and how you could do that in my book as well. So those are some things you can think about right now to do and grow to, uh, to be a rock star at work. Then finally, the last section of my book is strategies for exponential growth. So say you've achieved all these things which I just said, you need to find your purpose. You need to find why you're doing what you're doing. You need to reprospect your life because this is the thing. We all have two lives. The second one starts when you realize you have only one. And that is so true. And that's a quote from uh, another philosopher. It's not mine. But the point is that is so true. And I live my life by that. But by that quote. So you need to figure out why you're doing what you're doing and what makes you different and what brings you happiness in life. So that's the section of exponential growth where I talk about deep work, how to do time blocks throughout the day to focus on one particular task. I talk about Morning routines. What are the different morning routines I have tried personally and what I'm doing right now and what you could do and how it's going to impact your life. I talk about morning routines. Then I talk about end of day routines as well. And then I talk about how to prioritize your work. I put it through what is called a focus funnel where you and this also there's also great books on that. Plus, I have a funneling system where any task which comes, I want to see whether it could be which whether it's in my priority list, whether I have to work on it right now, or if I'm going to work on it, what other jobs or tasks which have to go in the backlog, I have a whole system for it. So I explained that in the book as well. But yeah, I know this session was like an overload of strategies and information, but I wanted to make this really impactful for all of you as well. And I really, really believe this book is going to impact people because if I, an average person, can make a change, so can other people who are listening to me, watching me right now, so the other people who are reading this book as well. So hopefully now you would have got an idea of what the book does, what I cover, how it's going to make an impact. And uh, just want to leave you with a couple of things. One is I know right now it's COVID and it's hard. It's hard for everyone. 
but the, but remember this now we have covid before we had the recession before we had the dot com bubble and then before we had the mortgage crisis then we we are always going to be living in midst of problems because truth to be told life is a bitch and that's what happens but you are in control of how you react to these situations because the circumstances do not control you but your actions under any circumstances that you can control so remember that and finally i'm going to leave you with this quote which is super impactful from helen keller which says that the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision and that is so true if you just want to connect with me talk about the book uh all my life's work is on my website rajsubra.com r a j s u b r a.com and i'm super active on linkedin so just follow me on linkedin and you're going to get a lot of videos inspirational videos motivation talks and everything which i am working on so really really appreciate your time and i want to thank nuranjan for giving me the opportunity to be on this podcast and i will see you soon thanks for listening